Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your Chief Hope Builder. I am the author of Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery. You can download that for free at momslettinggo.com. Welcome to the podcast that will help you feel at least 15% better. Feel free to join our Facebook private group, Mom's Letting Go, also, and surround yourself with other moms who understand your pain. If you would like to take your journey into a deeper accountability and recovery for yourself, join us at momslettinggo.teachable.com where we have a subscription membership. We have a tribe of moms who are all together in support groups and coaching and we study together and grow together and we are going to write a book together so that we can help other moms come into recovery with hope and determination and a way to find their own identity and recapture their purpose that they lose in the throes of dealing with an addicted loved one. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave us a review because that's how other moms will be able to find us too. God bless. Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbetter, your Chief Hope Builder. And today I have Bobby Newman with me. Bobby Newman from Newman Interventions. And he has written a book, Um, secrets to successful recovery solutions, what they don't want you to know. Welcome, Bobby. And thanks so much for spending time with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I like I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. So and I guess you're heading off this weekend. How many interventions do you do a week? What how's how are things going for you? It, there, we're we're staying, you know. Obviously, regrettably, there's uh, lots of people who need help out there. Um, and you know, we 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 average myself. I average about an inter- intervention a week. We make a lot more. We do help people find treatment more often than that. Um, you know, so a lot of times people will call in and they they're looking for a treatment program or they need help or they're, they're looking for themselves or or sometimes they, they just need a little guidance and then, you know, uh, but as far as then we, there's those that need, uh, you know, live intervention. I have a few resources for that. I have an online course that I have, you know, that people can do that's very inexpensive because you get into doing the intervention. Not only do you, you know, you've got the fees for the intervention, but also the, you know, the uh, expenses, uh, flights and, and things like that. So a lot of times families, I, I developed this course to help people, be able to do it on their own if they yeah. need to, um, if they can. Uh, and then I, and then I will counsel them too. I'll, I'll get on the phone with them for about an hour or, ha- you know, really, I don't really keep time, the track of the time, but yeah, I, so like to put the pieces together and they can yeah. go as, in. And, yeah, as so. long as it takes. Right. Yeah. I, I have um, passed your website on to many people because there are resources there and I'm in the same camp with you. Anything we can do to educate ourselves on the front end, um, especially if you hire an interventionist, so you know how to be prepared, how everybody, you know, you and I have talked about that before. You have to be on the same page because the end result is, is what you want. Mm-hmm. And um, 
So I, I encourage people, yeah, go to newmaninterventions.com. Is that, is that the website title? Yeah, N-E-W-M-A-N, newmaninterventions.com. Yes, ma'am. Yes, know you and Newman. Because <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. I, I, get, I get confused and I put a yeah. U in there. There's no you in Newman. Um, so when in the title of your book, um, Secrets to Successful Recovery Solutions, what they don't want you to know, when you say they, who are you referring to? That's the mystery. That's the part. It is, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of like it's together it's a mystery and to say, hey, who are they? And the truth is, is that if you look back and who they are, to you know, it, it could be anybody, of course, but it's it's to me having come up with in, in being an addict and looking around at treatment. Um, when I needed help, I didn't have any confidence in the treatment programs were out there. It was like a lot of the treatment programs were revolving doors. My parents had, or my mother had specifically had people that worked in the department of human services and other health, uh, you know, fields like that. And, and they're like, man, they're just not anything out here that could be, uh, you know, that has any long-term success. And so I didn't have a lot of faith that anything could help me. And, 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 um, and I went to the doctor and, you know, the doctor says, you know, you have depression and, you know, they want to put me on meds and, you know, and, and, and I thought, you know, I know what's causing the depression. I, I'm addicted to methamphetamine and alcohol. So, right. you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, my life is definitely something to be depressed about, but, you know, I don't, if a drug's going to help, I, I've already taken enough drugs to, and that's not, <laughs> you know, yeah. so that was what my reality was on it. And um, so I'm not. So that's the, for me, it's like, there's so many intelligent people out here. There's a lot of really, really smart people. And for me, and this is all they have developed for treatment. I just felt like it was a rigged game. That's what my viewpoint. It's a rigged game. And uh, so am I going to figure this thing out? I got to go a different route. And thankfully I had family members that would help me and were able to help me uh, do that. I wasn't necessarily actively looking for treatment, but that's where for me, it's like, I mean, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories or anything like that, but it's almost, it's like, almost like the, the legal system. Once you go into the legal system, getting out of it is really, really hard. You know, I yeah. mean, for the individual, they're not making like my, my mindset, I wasn't making sound decisions or able to think rationally. I wasn't no. a stupid person. You know, I was smart enough to walk into a federal courthouse without, without a courthouse, without an attorney uh, and negotiate uh, what could have been seven years oh. two weeks and, and, and what hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines down to 2,500 without an attorney. But I was then stupid enough or addicted enough to, con- to continue to violate my probation. Uh, put me on six months probation, $2,500 fine, which is the maximum was a hundred thousand per fine, per charge, three of them. And then um, two and a half years per charge, um, uh, which was three charges uh, maximum uh, and down to two weeks and, and $2,500 without, uh, did it all without an attorney. But then yet, I was still addicted enough that I couldn't, you know, not, you know, I kept violating my probation. Yeah. So yeah, you just couldn't get to the next step. So I thought, how do I, I mean, where, where there's something yep. to be more said about, you know, so that's who, to me, I don't know. They if that, are. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, that's who they are. <laughs> well, and, and I think it's, it's really scary for moms who feel like 
they have to be an advocate for their child, right? And for them to even like sort through all the garbage out there, when I say garbage, there are places that, you know, they just aren't vested in the care. The, it, the, the, the recovery um, options are just subpar. And so um, I think what you're saying is that this is, this is the real deal here. And these are the things, these are the hard facts that maybe moms and families of addicted loved ones need to, need to know, you know, um, the secret to getting your loved one. Let's see, I'm, I'm going to read some of your chapter or some of your, there's 10 steps here. The secret of getting your loved one to reach for help, the secret to drastically reducing the chance of relapse. I really want to read that one, right? Um, the secret to telling just how bad the substance abuse problem is, to yeah. discovering what kind of drugs are being used, the secret to determining just how bad the addiction is, um, the secret to dealing with this, you know, addicted loved one. And so of any of those, um, and there, there are many others in there, but of all the, of all the 10 that you list, which one do you think you could just kind of summarize quickly, well, kind of quickly for moms who might, um, who might need some encouraging words from you or something straight, you know, a myth buster, if you will. A myth buster would be, it's, one is that um, how bad the addiction is, I would say a lot of times I get calls from people that say, and this is very, I'm very curious about this because I always try to revert back to what my mindset when I was an addict and how, what my thought process was, right? So mm -hmm. as, a, as a parent, when I had a son that who's now 20, about to be 30, um, which, you know, at the time he was 15 or 14 or 15, but it, how bad is the addiction? People will call me and say, I just don't know if I need to do this right now because, you know, he's he's still working and he's this and he's that. And he's not that bad. And, you know, and I'm like, well, to me, I mean, I was like, I knew how it was going to go. My son didn't even have a substance abuse problem, really. He just had a whole behavior problem that needed to be, he needed to be kind of pointed in the right direction where he didn't do all the, you know, make the mistakes and, and go down that path. So we did an intervention on him when he was like 14. And we're like, we set him on, we're like, look, this is the, what we, this is where we're going and this is where you're at and where we're going. And kind of like, you know, so the, the, uh, you know, why wait for the addiction to get worse before okay. you intervene in some yeah. fashion to say, get this person right back on path, whether you do a full blown intervention, like employ my services or not, you can do interventions to, uh, you know, the, the, of stopping the act of stopping that, that path and redirecting the person onto a better path. It can, you know, the, and your expectations can also don't have to be altered or watered down or changed just to be, because when you go into the slightest degree, when you, I'll give you an example. And I'm, and I, there's so many things that I can talk about. And in the book, all this stuff is really common sense. It's, okay. like, it's, all, it's common sense stuff. It's yes. not magical. It's not like a big, oh my gosh, he's got no. the answer. But here's what happened to mom happens to moms. When yeah. their kids are sick like this, do they have common sense? No. no. Well, that's, that's, that's right. That's and, right. I mean, that's we right. just kind of get really stupid because of, of the upside down logic 
from our child who we've born, you know, we raised and we've loved. And then all of a sudden, all these lies are coming out of them. And, and we want to, we want to hurry up and like, figure it out and fix it. And so we just do stupid things. And so we don't always use common sense. And I hope the listeners know that I am like, you know, I'm talking about myself here too, because I, I was the queen of um, not making good decisions when my son and daughter-in-law were, were sick. So um, no judgment. Yeah, no, not, not at all. And, and, you know, the thing is, is as, as a parent, even when I was dealing with my son, I had people that were in the industry that were colleagues of mine that were, they literally had to kind of like grab me and shake me and go, what do you tell all these families? Cause I forgot. I was like, kind of like your emotions are right out there and you're not, you don't think clearly. So it's just not, it's not easy. It's not, you have you really, I would, if fundamentally I would, I would, um, you know, and I, I had those people that were right there in my ear, including my wife at the time, she was rolled her sleeves up and we'd not been married very long. And, and then I had other colleagues that were there in there helping me kind of guide me. And so I would like these, obviously the women that are in the mothers and the parents that are in your group uh, are seeking other, you know, they're reaching out to you and involved in your group. So they're, they're doing that to begin with. I would, I would lay out the plan. And, and the hard part is even when we do an intervention, we, we lay out a plan and it's all planned out. And then we have to, you know, I go over it with them and then we go, as we, we engage in the intervention, then we go, we go, we got to stick, <laughs> we got to yeah. stick to the plan because the emotions are going to come in and that's where it makes it really hard. So I would, you know, if these guys that are just have a plan and, and, and do your best to stick to it and it's, it, you know, so. So in the plan, I guess I'm just curious, how is there a place in the plan where you help the person feel loved um, and without judging, or is it just all um, tough love? How can you break down some of the pieces of that? Well, it it, it all, each case, it's a case by case basis, but most of the time, like the majority of the time, if you offer this person some help and some hope, Mm -hmm. they don't want to live that way. Most of the time, they don't want to live that way. And you, you can, you can say, you know, and you, you can set them down and your, your, the, the thought process is to show them how much you love them and care about them. And yeah. it's like, you know, I've even got to where people would say to me, and I learned this over, over the years is that, you know, I can't believe you guys did this to me. You guys tricked me. I can't believe, you know, and I, I would just got to where I just looked at them and go, come on, man. I mean, everybody's usually bawling their eyes out. It's very, you know, they're heartbroken. They don't know what to do. I said, look around. Do you think these guys actually want to be doing this right now? Right. Oh, good. They don't want to be doing this right now. They, but they feel they love you so much. Right. They're willing to take time out of their lives and do what they can to help you. And doesn't that just diffuse all the negative energy from that person? It 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 it, it plants. If it doesn't at the moment, it, it will plant the seed. It yeah. plants the seed. Like you know, look around. You know as well as I do. And then they they'll say, I just can't. They'll the person naturally wants to blame other people. They don't want to take responsibility. Right. And, and, and that actually is an indication uh, that they're deep down, they're a good person. Sure. Because they have a conscience. Yeah, they have, exactly. They have a conscience. Right. They know what they're doing is not right. So they got to blame other people. 
And uh, so they'll say, you know, and I just say, look, you know what? They're, these guys are emotional. I say, look at them. Look at their, I'll take them in the other room or whatever. And I'll say, look at how emotionally distraught your family is. Yeah. You know, they're, and, and, and they're not, do you, think they're, do you think that they're thinking clearly right now? Right. You know? So there's, they're, they're not. And they don't know what to do. Things get said, things get done. And it's all based off of emotions. It's because they, it's, it directly correlates to how much they actually care about you. And I'll even tell them, look, I can, which is true. I can tell what kind of character a person is by the friends that they have and the family and the family that they have. The family, the good people come out, they're trying to help this person. And I can look and say, look, man, I know. And, uh, you know, yeah. kind of, I know what kind of guy you are because look at your, look at the friends you have, look at the family that's willing to here to help you. Right. That's, that's a testament in itself of what kind of person you are. Yeah. Oh, that gives them hope. Yeah. That makes them feel less because yeah. less judged or less criminal because so many, so often, you know, after all the behavior and the, the things that happen as a result of the disease, they, they just get to the point where they do feel like a criminal. They're ashamed. And so that's probably one little piece of what you have to deal with. So if there was a, something that you could um, tell a mom about how, how does she talk to somebody who is ambivalent or doesn't really think they have a problem? Is there anything that she can say or do? Well, I, that is where, you know, th those that don't think they have a problem and they're literally living at home and they're, you know, I don't mean, again, they're draining the, taking the life out of other people you know, and they're expecting, you know, and they're, they're meanwhile, they're not providing for themselves, you know, um, then, then they, yeah, they, I don't have a problem. Well, yeah, you know, mom's cooking for me. She's cleaning my room. She's washing my clothes. Yeah, he, oh. doesn't, he doesn't have a problem. He, no. you know, so you have to create a problem, say, well, you know what, I had a problem with this, and I'm going to disengage myself. Doesn't mean I love you any less. I'm just not going to participate in your self-destruction. And so you have to, you know, you present it to them like, you're, well, you're forcing me to treatment. No, I'm not forcing you to treatment. I'm giving you an option because you're forcing me to live a way that I don't want to live. Yeah, you know, good. You from a point of view of, from the parent of like, I'm being forced to live a way that I don't want to live and I'm contributing to this person continuing to do drugs. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's a glass of water. I don't care if the guy hasn't eaten in three days and he hasn't had a glass of water in two days. He's, you know, you give and he still chooses to go do drugs over providing for himself a glass of water. Then you give him the glass of water. Then you're, you're that's to that degree. Now, giving the person an option for treatment to give them some help and get them to the program. Yeah. That's not an A1. But right. the other, I, I don't, you know, it's a, the cold hard facts is I, if you are contributing in any fashion to the self-destructive behavior, mm -hmm. then you are, that's enabling, right? Yeah. And you are, and you have to be in complete disagreement of it. And I'll give you an example. Um, let's say that you walked into, what's your background, by the way, Michelle, I don't remember. What, you, uh, well, I, I have a business degree, but I was spending, I'm multi-published. And so I've, I'm a novelist and um, that's kind of my background. But when this happened, I felt called to start down a, a new path where I could help 
other mothers who are going through what I'm going through. And so I started writing books, more books. I have another one coming out Mother's Day. So. Okay, great. Well, um, the, well, to use your example as a business owner, if you had yeah. an office of, or a shop or a garage or, you know, an office or whatever, and you had employees in there that were not showing up on time, you know, they were. Oh yeah. Uh, Consequences. Uh, Right. You know, and you didn't address that. You could, there's a number of ways you could address that to change that. You can positive say, Hey, you know, I noticed that you're coming in at, you know, 15 minutes late. You need to be here 15 minutes early. And, you know, this is what I expect. And then you come in at a second time. And now the third time, if this happens again, I'm going to have to let you go. Right. Right. But if you don't address that, guess what's going to happen? Then the guy's right. going to show up 30 minutes late. Then the, ever, then the next guy's going to, why the heck am I being here on time? It's just going to get worse. Right. That, that whole behavior. And it's the same thing with your loved one. And the guy starts, uh, you know, the kids start, well, he's just smoking weed. I hear that so much. Oh, he's just smoking weed. Well, it's still to that degree, you are in agreement. And I use it. And weed is totally different than now than it was when I was. Yeah, a kid. I know. Um, but I didn't, my family never really said anything about me smoking weed. They never really, they knew I smoked weed. I didn't do it around them, but they never really said anything. So I, in my mind, I'm like. It, they were giving you permission. Yeah. Kind of got, I got a pass, right? So right. Yeah. That, that's the same thing. You have to let them know, look, I have, this is where, this is the lane I'm in. And uh, if you're, you know, I hope I want you. These in my are my life. rules. It's boundaries. It goes always back to the boundaries. Right. And I was listening to Brene Brown. Oh my gosh. I just love her podcast too. But she was saying how you know, those five minutes of discomfort when you set a boundary. So when you set a new boundary with your addicted loved one, they're probably going to freak out and they're going to get angry. And that feels really bad. Like it feels icky. And moms, especially, we just don't, we want, it's like, we want to avoid that, right? Because we feel like, well, mom's you know, don't do that because they love their children. Well, what Brene was saying is five, 10 minutes of that discomfort of saying no and setting that boundary is so much better than a lifetime of resentment. Because if you say yes, if you keep contributing, all that's doing is like you said, it's just kind of giving them permission to continue in that lifestyle with that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so it's just prolonging the inevitable or the pain. Whereas no, this is, this is my bubble. And this is who I am. These are my values. That's why I always say to moms, like list your values, what's important to you and then guard those values. And you can still say, I love you enough to say no. And here's going to be my new rules because this behavior isn't who I am. I can't condone. I can't pretend that this is okay with me because it's not. And so, like you said, you know, then you just have to say there, you know, here are your options. You know, you don't want to go into recovery. This is your life, your, your choice, but then here's what you will have to do. You can't live here anymore, or you have to find, um, you know, somebody else to drive you to work or whatever it is that, you know, you have to stop doing to allow them to be responsible for their own lives. Right. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, that's exactly right. That's a hundred percent. It's, it's, you know, we talk about it and, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's easy to do. No, (laughs) it is the right thing. And, 
and, and I've had to point out to people before. So why would you want to, you know, the, the, we talk about those things that you're doing that, well, I just can't, you know, I, well, what if he's, they're out in the street, you know, well, you know, and then, then it becomes about you creatively get them to see, well, then, so then they would have to figure out, we go back to, well, they, I don't have a problem. Well, now they do have a problem. They got to figure out where they're going to live and how they're going to support themselves and actually continue to do drugs in that lifestyle. So that is a problem. Now they, they do have a problem, right? Well, so, but you go back to, uh, um, you know, I had a, a train of thought. I'm sorry. Let me gather my. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Like all things at one time. Yeah. I get. I get. It. I get ahead of myself. So um, <laughs> they. Uh, let me. Let me. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing, but uh, no, it, it happens to me all the time. So <laughs> well, yeah. let me. The theme is that it comes back to um, them realizing that they number one they do they, there is a problem. I have a way out of this, but the per I don't remember what it was. So. I, I've got the mom to see. So you admit that you're not doing this for the benefit of your son. Right. You're, you're continuing to do this, those things that are enabling him because of your own guilt. Right. So you're doing this. It's your own guilt. So you're, it's, it's, if you look at it, so I don't guilty, yeah. then you're, it's kind of like, wait a minute, I'm being kind of selfish here, you know? And if you have to go and get somebody that you consult with every day, it's like me. I have to. I, I, I've got a coach that I go to. He's a he's a, a, a boxer and a, a professional boxer as well as a fitness coach. And I go to him because he'll like you know yep. run me on doing my fitness program. Because well, I'll... he's a truth teller in your life. He's not gonna he's not gonna let you get away with anything, is he? No, he's not. He's like, come on, come on, come on. I always say that. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so you're a really nice guy for except for about 45 to, minutes to an hour out of the day, and then you're a real jerk. But uh, <laughs> and I'm paying him to do that. So, um, yeah. you know, but the, you know, he said something too. You look back at these guys, and you can tell who they're hanging out with, what their mindset is, who they're hanging out with, the decision they're making, you know, and, and, and you know, he even said, and anybody, and you go back, it goes back to where, uh, you know, talk about enabling and, you know, the love, you know, holding on and I don't want to kick them out or I don't want to cut them off because I'll feel guilty about it. What's, you know, if you kind of were step back and take a look at that and you're like, well, you're not doing it for, because it's the best thing. Right. For your son or your daughter you're doing it because you'll feel guilty and um and i know a lot of people or, or there's quite a few very very successful people who, who their parents like they were going down the wrong path and their parents said you know what you're out on your own one guy got kicked out at the age of 16 had to hit the road with a suitcase another guy his mother he was living with his mother he was in his old early 20s and his mother kicked him out and said you can't live here if you're gonna do that well he then went right into a program and got himself clean and um and then he's one of the, he's like got wow. and stuff and so you're you're continuing to assist these guys doesn't necessarily mean you know you can always be there for help say if you want help I, it's right here for you but right it's going to be on my terms so yeah yeah anyway. i i get it i know does when do you do much or do you see much around the whole what happened? Do you ever um, find the trigger or the trauma in their life and for what happened? Like, what was it that 
started them down this path? Or as an interventionist, um, you just leave that up to their recovery and the therapist and, and people in their lives there. Sometimes, you know, I, I don't try to do that. I mean, because it, it could take a while for that person to have that realization about whatever that is. There's always something going on, right. something underlying trauma, as you said, some something underneath all this uh, that's caught driving this, you know, and there's you there's, uh, you know, cravings, depression and guilt are the three biggest barriers a person has come through and the guilt part of it. They don't come to I didn't come to it for I was in a program for a couple of months. You know, wow. before the guilt comes smashing me in the face and I'm like, holy smoke. So, so I, 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 my, my job as an interventionist is to get them from point A to point B. Gotcha. And then sure. I work with the family, but also there's times when I'm talking to the person, I'll say, they'll want to, you know, they're getting into the blame game. I said, look, bro, I know there's something else going on. I can, I, I know when somebody's struggling right. and they're in this is condition, there is something that's happened to them or is happening, has happened to them in the past or they are happening to them in the present that is causing them to be stuck in this rut. Right. I know that. I don't know what we can talk about it now, right. or we can, you know, but it I, doesn't it, knowing it doesn't change the present situation either. It doesn't eliminate the disease. Yeah. It doesn't help, help them instantly recover. It's just a piece of, of their journey that they have to kind of go through in order to probably stay in, uh, stay in recovery. So what the, the last one, where is what drastically reduces the chance of relapse? I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm just super curious. Our son, my son and daughter-in-law in February, it'll be three years. Oh, wow. Um, but you know, um, our grandchildren went back to live with them this summer um, after not living with them for quite a while. Yeah. And so the reunification was a really big deal. And uh -huh. part of my trauma is, and I told them this yesterday, part of my trauma is worrying about a relapse because this has happened so many times where the kids would go back and then they would relapse and then we'd take them, then the kids would go back. So, um, what is, what is that secret well, there's many, but I, you know, I, I go back from a personal standpoint and I mean, I can, I crack the book open and look, but I'll, I'll just, I'm going to wing and go off the cuff, but um, you know, personal health, you know, making sure you're getting enough sleep, making sure you're getting enough food, the nutritious food. Those are basic fundamental things, taking right. care of yourself fundamentally, uh, you know, and getting enough sleep. Um, you know, you get, a guy who's working long hours and, you know, the temptation to, you know, and he's trying to pay all the bills and, you know, he's letting his, you know, he, maybe he's not sleeping well and he's, then he's not eating well. And then, so his temptation to go out and maybe take a substance to all, to offset that. Keep, keep them going or yeah. yeah. And it's, a, it's an innocent enough thing. Sure. Start, but, uh, or, you know, or they, they, uh, and then the other thing is the people that they're around, right. The people that yeah. they go back to old friends, yeah, you know, you are who you run with, like my grandmother used right. to say. And it's yeah. like, and you know, and um, and my coach, he said something. He he works with a lot of uh, D one college football players, getting them ready for pro, or, or you know, or out of high school, getting them ready for D one college ball. And uh, he always said, "Do you think that your friends you're hanging out with right now are going to go D one or go pro?" 
Right. No. And he said, well, then you're hanging out with the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you need to be yeah. hanging out with the people that are, so you, the friends that they hang out with or, you know, fundamental extra, you know, they should get on a, a good exercise vitamin program to where they're, they're getting their, you know, physical things. If they're experiencing anxiety or depression or something along those lines to where they might want to take a substance, um, yeah. you know, then, uh, you know, they, maybe there's something physical going on. You know, right. with girls, sometimes, if you know, they body goes through just having a baby, giving birth. Right. Yeah. It's hormonal. Thing. There's things there. So oh, um, totally. You know, yeah. And totally. thyroid, like thyroid with women after they have babies, is always a big deal. And then, you know, they can get depressed. They can um, have insomnia, gain weight. And, you know, it's all these things. And if you're not in tune to your body, like you said, um, it's, it, it's so easy to want to be normal and with social media, especially women, like you said, they will look at other women and think, man, they have it all together. Why can't I be like that? Right. And it's the comparison trap. No, 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 no. Those people are liars. They don't have it all together. None of us do, right. but, um, it's really, like you said, paying attention to our bodies and ourselves and, and loving ourselves enough to do that. So, um, that's really, really important. And it's one of the things I work with moms on because so often they just let themselves go. No. But I, I love your, your analogy of who are you hanging with? Because even for moms who are listening to this right now, who are you hanging with? Like, I just came away from this conference and I was on the stage with these people who are changing lives all over the world. And um, it was, it was Christ centered. It was people full of faith, which is, a, I'm a woman of faith, but, um, they were, they were called, they've been called in their ministries. And I love being around those kind of people because they just elevate my purpose. Um, my gratitude, just so much in my life. And so moms, if you're listening, you know, who are you hanging with? Because we got some groups, we got some great groups, support groups that you can hang with some people and really take care of uh, recapturing your identity and purpose. So, okay. I, sorry, I just kind of go off on my soapbox on that one. Don't I? <laughs> but, no, that's okay. They're definitely, uh, you know, right now, what else did you think that I was going to say? I'm very curious about that. Well, I, I just think, I would think that a, like a, church family, just being connected, um, maybe not necessarily into the 12 steps of recovery, but really working on your recovery and that's personal. And so, you know, for, for my son, um, one of the things we did for him after he was a year in recovery is we hired a coach for him and that coach worked with him for six months and he built him up on like, um, positive affirmation statements to say to himself, um, his diet, his exercise, um, his recovery plan. And what did that look like? And where do you want to be in three years? And, you know, just a lot of that. Um, but unfortunately for my son and daughter-in-law, they move, you know, they're back in the same community that they were, um, using in, but so they don't hang around with those other people anymore but they don't have any new people. Like they're not, they're still a little isolated, especially because of COVID, you know? And so I do, you know, I feel, I feel bad for them that they don't have 
um, a support system of maybe people in recovery, right? That get them um, and that, that were there once who don't judge them, but our community is pretty small. So we don't necessarily have that. But I think that it's like, you know, the antidote to addiction is connectivity. And if you're not connected, you know, are you going to relapse? Are you going to start feeling less than? Right. Um, right. And, and so, of course, I always am concerned about that. I can't control it, though. So all I can do is my share. And, and you know, I send them positive affirmations, you know, every now and then. And if they're struggling and I know it, you know, I can send them a prayer. Just let them know that I'm thinking about them. Um, but... Yeah, I, I guess reducing the chance of a relapse, I think, is entirely up to the recovering person. And they well, have to be in charge of that. They do. You know, but, you know, I, I'm telling you, the things that we're talking about are so fundamental in helping with that. And uh, yeah. being around the church group, being around a support group, uh, being around um, in that environment, uh, yeah. you, you, you. Uh, the people that are trying to do better, nothing ever stays the same. It's either going to get better or it's yeah. going to get worse. And, it, and to the slight degree, even if it's to a slight degree getting better, you're learning new things, you're learning a new hobby, you're learning. Right. Uh, you know, and one of the things like I found, which I was quite surprised about was like, and I, I use this in my book as an example of a CrossFit uh, uh, workout. Now people are in CrossFit are pretty fanatical, yeah. but you don't have to go to that level um, to, uh, to achieve success. To achieve success, but they'll, they'll, they, you can scale it back. But if you find people in that group, it's, it's a lot of fun because you're doing it as a group. Right. You're doing the exercises. And I've seen people from of all ages go in there. And they'll modify the, the exercises yep. to, to fit what that person can do. You got to be careful because, you know, you don't, you know, you to, I, my coach is really good because he offers a variety of uh, different things. And, it, you know, again, you don't have to be, it's not that expensive. If you looked at it like, uh, yeah. You know, even if you cut out a, a latte every day, you know, you know, if you have a latte every day, you could afford to go to a gym like right. that. And, yes. and, and so um, and those type of people you'll find in that group, even, you know, you got you have a church group and then you have, you know, a, a workout group like that, that they're they're going to be positive people. They're yeah. going to be people that are going to be trying to improve themselves they're going to be right. going to be up to shenanigans and things like right. that so, yeah good that's so all those things that we talked about is definitely fundamental so so yeah. um one final question i know um i think you have a place where people can donate um i think i got an email from you a while back about donations because i'm sure I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm sure that you have so many people who want um, to do an intervention but can't afford it. Yeah. Do you have like, um, how often do you, are you able to give scholarships and where do you find funding for that? I, I, I'm, you know, I will help people a lot of times over the phone and do and things like that. Now I'm, I'm not, a, sometimes I do that if it's in my local area, you know, under special circumstances, I'll go out and I, I don't, I've never really had funding for, uh, now that what you saw was I actually am starting up a nonprofit I, I, with me and another, a, a colleague of mine are starting up a nonprofit called Angel Life Coaches. And we're, so it'll help people that either have loved ones in 
treatment who need help or people that have come out of treatment or still need like you like you had hired for your son okay these are and also so we we cover a variety of things that could i mean there's so many different things we personal health uh you know better communication skills how to improve relationships wow a variety, a variety of things. okay so that's what that that particular email was about gotcha okay so if moms are looking for scholarships for an inter, to hire an intervention, are there such things? And if so, where would those be? Like where I would they no, be? I, I, no. I do not know unless you found, found a benefactor somewhere. Okay. I, I mean, there, there would be, you know, I would love to be able, I, I've actually never really thought about, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, develop a kind of a, what, uh, you know, a scholarship fund for these type of things. Um, so, but that would be something to think about. I, I don't particularly have it, but. Uh, um, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I would love to be able to get big enough where I could, you know, provide scholarships in different areas, but yeah, yeah anytime I even, you know, ask to, for uh, somebody to take a course to improve or join our uh, subscription membership. Yeah. You know, they're like, I can't believe you're charging for that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many expenses I have? But um, yeah, and, and you can't do this for yourself, right? So. Yeah. Um, well, that's the type of thing too, is, I mean, you, you know, we're, if we were in this for the money. Yeah. There's lots of things that we could be doing for money. You know, yeah. in this, in this, and people, you know, yeah, it costs. I mean, I, I, it costs, you know, uh, you want somebody else to take their time out of their day you know, so there's an exchange there and you're, right. you know, you, there's an, in, you need to invest. And we're worth it. Yeah. Uh, golly, aren't we? <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, I'm, I'm worth it. I, 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 we've, we've over probably, you know, there's, you probably have, who knows how many people that you've helped and you don't even necessarily hear the results of it because so just that trickle down right. effect into the society is invaluable. Right. You know? and, and you have amazing experience, just amazing. And so don't ever hesitate to um, charge for what you're worth. I mean, we have to, but moms who are listening, I get it. I know that um, there are so many expenses, but here's, here's the time to spend your money, right? Yeah. This is when, you know, this, when it means, you know, like if your child had a heart disease you would take them to the best cardiologist and get afford the meds. You would find ways. And this is how you have to look at this for recovery. This is when, you know, you're saving their life, you're investing in their future and it's your children matter. They're worth it. So, well, thank you so much, Bobby, for your time today. Um, thank you for having me. Do, doing this interview, like uh, off the, you know, just in a day's notice, but um, again, uh, look for his book. I'll use, I'll put it in the show notes too. So if, if you want to um, go to Amazon and find uh, his book, I'm sure that you will find great information there. And so I um, am going to stop recording.